How do you recession-proof your voiceover business? You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. Having your voiceover demos easily playable and downloadable on your website is essential. The Voice Sam Player lets you do that across any device and browser. There are also options for adding play buttons in your email signature, tracking your listens, and even putting videos in your demo player. Sign up now at voicezam.com slash markscott and receive an instant $25 credit. For full details and to claim this offer, visit voicezam.com slash markscott. The Vopreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original Everyday VOpreneur. Hello, and welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. I'm Mark Scott, the original Everyday VOpreneur. You know what's about to go down, some actionable, practical advice on the podcast. Look, I'm going to tell you straight up front, this is probably one of the most intellectual podcasts that I have ever done. And it, it kind of hurt my brain a little bit, but it's a, an important subject that we need to be talking about based on everything that is going on in the world right now. Are we going to go into a recession? And is that recession or could that recession have an impact on the voiceover industry? And if so, what does that look like? That is what we are talking about today. Recession. Inflation, stagflation, soft landing, hard landing, bear markets. If I have to listen to Jim Cramer talk about the Fed one more time, I may have to cancel my cable. You know, there's a lot of talk and speculation about the economy right now, what is happening, what might happen, what will happen. And here to help us make sense of it as VOpreneurs, the man who needs no introduction, welcome back to the show, J. Michael Collins. I, I'm not quite sure why I'm here. My my MBA expired a long time ago, but it's uh, it's a pleasure. That's okay. If you put stuff out on the internet, people just assume that you know what you're talking about, and hey, everybody yeah, believes like you. Isn't that cool? Isn't yeah. that cool? It's yeah, it's yeah. The, it's like theater of the mind. So we're good to go. So before we do that, though, I I'm curious. Uh, you know, big change in your life recently. How is life in Lobster Manor? And when does Tom get his Chuck E. Cheese hamster wheel looking <laughs> contraption? <laughs> Imminently, uh, and uh, no, it's 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 great. We're enjoying it here. We do we we are. It is temporary. I mean, we are going back uh, for him to go to first grade. In fact, we're going back on Saturday. Um, but we've been here for a couple of months, enjoying the new house, and it's uh, it's it's been a blast, man. It's uh, nice to have a footprint back in uh, good old USA, and. Uh, we got ourselves a decent little spread, and we've got deer, and uh, Brad ha Island hasn't taken any of them out yet, so uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, things are how, going well. How soon till one of them ends up on a smoker somewhere? Are we allowed yeah, to say know, that? It's, or? it's, it's, it's uh <laughs> It's it's uh, you know the the the, uh, the three we have three hundred and thirty acres of federally protected parkland next to us and woods and we can't hunt in there but uh, they step they step one foot on my lawn. <laughs> Watch out, we're coming for you. The barbecue's fired up. <laughs> Bambi, Bambi, Bambi. So we know that economic activity appears to be slowing. We know that prices on everything are through the roof. Give us the the JMC layman's explanation of. What's going on in the economy right now? What's going on in the economy right now is <laughs> we shut the damn thing down for a year uh, across the world in, a, in an economy that is built on just-in-time delivery, and you can't just flip it back on with a light switch. That's what's going on. 
You got a lot of people sitting at home getting stimulus checks, spending a lot of money that they otherwise might not have spent, not spending it on things that they may have otherwise spent it on, right? Mm -hmm. Like travel, tourism, all that sort of stuff was basically shut down for two years. So everything switches from services to to products and goods and, and supply chain can't keep up. And it pretty much just screwed up the universe, right? It really did. It's, it's I mean, it's, it's uh, again, I, I always describe it as you can't just flip it back on like a light switch. Yep. It's, you know, it's not what, it, what, the economy is different today than it was 50 years ago or 100 years ago where companies kept warehouses full of stuff, where there were, you know, stockpiles of goods, where things were were built to sustain over time. Um, what, what, what I described is just in time, that's what so much of the economy is based on now yep. is having things just come out when they're needed and you you know you can't turn that back on immediately you also can't turn it on easily when you have you know the biggest manufacturing country in the world China that continues to restrict their output um, and it's uh, it's just a cascade effect and it's um, it's something I wish you know in and I understand in, in a moment of you know sheer terror and fear and and panic uh, that we had in, in early 2020 that you know the, the the response is instinctively we have to do something and we have to react right now. But there should have been a little more consideration given to the long-term consequences of this. I hope it doesn't get worse. I hope this is, you know, kind of the uh, the, the bottom of what we're going to see. I worry it won't be, but um, it, uh, you know, it's it's something we've never dealt with as a um, as a planet, and I say planet because it is. I mean, I was reading today that in the UK, inflation's 10.1% now. Yep. Uh, you know, and it's it's something that's happening all across the globe. And of course, the Russia and Ukraine situation isn't helping either. So, you know, you, you have a confluence of events that are somewhat unique in the history of modern economics. And uh, what that leads to, we're not sure yet. And it's no different here, right? Canada, the inflation rate, not quite as high as what the United States was, but we, you know, we missed you by like 0.4% or something like we were, right. we were right there. And so this is definitely not a, a U.S. thing. This is a global thing that is going on. So, I mean, the last significant recession, at least in the United States, we're talking December 2007 to June 2009, you know, the mm -hmm. housing bubble burst and the stocks markets crash and everything went to hell in a handbasket again then. And I mean, they do talk about the quote unquote COVID recession from February through April of 2020. Right. Uh, historically, recessions, though, don't just last a couple of months. Right. I'm curious, were you doing voiceover it, during the Great Recession, 07 to 09? Was, yeah. I um, mean, it's, it's the so I'm going to I'm going to give a, a quick um Negative answer, but then a quick a, a quick positive response to that, which is that um, it's the only time I've seen my income dip from one year to the next mm -hmm. uh, was 2008 to 2009. Um, it went down about 10%, and it immediately bounced back the year after. I will say this, and this is the positive side, which is, and again, we may be in somewhat uncharted territory here, so I never want to uh, get too far over my skis, but as recently as the beginning of the pandemic, even having done this at that point for you know the better part of 20 25 years, um, I still didn't quite trust it. I still kind of woke up every morning going, yeah, what, really? This is what I do. When is this gonna? When is this ride gonna end? Um, and I had watched through. I'll go back even further than 2008 because I was I was doing VO and when during 9/11. Okay, um, and 9/11, uh, it hit the VO market for a month or two, and then it bounced back. Um, the Great Recession 
a little bit of a dip for about a year, a little bit of a dip, not a big dip, a little bit of a dip, and it bounced back. Um, And in early 2020, when this started to happen, it was the first time I turned to Anna uh, in a long time and went, well, I'm glad we have some assets because we might be you know what? And yep. uh, um, I really felt like I couldn't see the chessboard and I still didn't trust it. And then I immediately had the two best months I've ever had in my career in March and April of 2020. And since then, I have not had a month that has been below my previous best month. And so now I'm at the point where we're running into these economic headwinds again a little bit. And by the way, it's not just me. I mean, most of the established talent that I know, um, which by the way, is a little bit different from the newer talent at that time, because for the first three to five months of COVID, COVID, newer talent, it's the hardest period that I've seen for them um, in many years because there was a flight to familiarity and a flight to quality. uh, And I mean, I was getting hired by people who had left me and gone to other voices who were just coming back going, you know what, we're going to go with what we know and what we knew. Um, But for established talent at that time, I, I, and I think we all kind of, you know, don't don't announce this and thump our chest about it because it wasn't a very good time for humanity. But most of us were, were killing it. And, uh, and and it hasn't really slowed down since then. It's certainly not growing the way that it did over, you know, I mean, 2020, I was, I, I, I you know, very nearly doubled uh, a previous best year. But it's been growth on top of that since, not, certainly not at that level. But um, so it hasn't slowed. And I'm actually at the point now where I do trust that barring some, I mean, literally, Putin pressing the red button. Um, I don't know that this is going to hit us that hard. I think that's the the tough part to figure out, right? I mean, anybody that invested in the stock market in 2020, you felt like you were a genius that year. And then mm-hmm. it all went to crap in the last few months. And all of a sudden you're like, well, why is it happening now when everything seemed to boom so much in 2020? And it is very unpredictable. It's hard to figure out what's going to happen. I mean, I was doing voiceover in 07, 08, 09. But I was working in radio. That was my full-time gig. And so, I mean, I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on mm-hmm. in voiceover. So I can't say one whether one way or another where, whether things slowed down or not. I went through a bit of a dip early in COVID, but then things kind of picked back up once people started to get their feet underneath of them and figured out what was going on. But this time... It And I mean, maybe this is just a product of the world that we live in, but I feel, I feel like nobody has a clue what's going to happen. Like if you do pay attention to any kind of business, radio, CNBC, any of that sort of stuff, like you can hear a hundred experts speak on any given day and give 75 completely different opinions right. of what is or, or isn't going to happen. And I guess that's what makes it a little bit confusing because nobody really seems to nobody be sure. Nobody knows, but I, I mean, you know, markets have momentum and I think we've seen over time that... Uh, you know, barring the most cataclysmic of, of things that, I mean, hell, even with the most cataclysmic of things that markets seem to stabilize and recover. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm buying dips right now. I'm buying dips in, in stocks. I'm buying dips in crypto. Um, and uh, I just feel like it's, uh, I feel like the, the long-term arc of markets period is to grow and to climb. And you may have periods of, of where, I mean, if in the last three months, you people should have been making money in the stock market. People should have been making money in the crypto market. You know, there was this crypto winter in, you know, in, in January, February, March. And, and it's, if you've been paying attention, it's been going up considerably since then. Stock market, same thing. Big dips early in the year. But if you've been in the right stocks, you've been doing okay. So, yep. uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I'm not scared. I was scared. Or, I, earlier this year, I was worried. Earlier this year, I felt like um, maybe we broke the system. Yep. 
permanently. Yep. Um, and uh, I, you know, there's certainly risks out there that uh, that that you have to keep an eye on. Um, again, you know, global events: the Russia, Ukraine, China, Taiwan. Uh, you know, any of those things could happen at any given time, and the consequences of of those spiraling out of control are very unpredictable. But if they spiral out of control, we're all screwed anyway. So it's right. you know, yeah. it's, it's just <laughs> the beginning of the end, and everything else won't matter. Yes, I don't know. I'm I'm um, I'm confidently buying dips at the moment. Maybe not as confidently as I would have, you know, a few years ago, but but enough to to feel like uh, I'm doing the smart thing for my family. Yeah, I, I I'm in the same position where like er, early spring or maybe I guess it was a little bit later in the spring when things really started tanking hard, and I watched like literally like 35 percent of my portfolio just get mm. wiped out in like two weeks, and and that was a bit of a butt puckering moment for me because <laughs> you know I've I've seen dips before, I've lost before, but I've also some of the stuff that I was losing on was stuff that I was like, no, this doesn't make sense. You can't lose on this. It, right. But since that happened several months ago, almost everything that I've lost has come back again because, like you said, long term, which sometimes it's not easy to think long term. And I don't even mean to say the last few months is long term. But when you're predicting or when you're looking long term, those day to day dips and swings, you you know that that's that's an inevitable well, part. Well, I, I mean, of I, I, I you know you you don't want to sound. Uh, <laughs> I like Paul Strickler's blog, re- blog recently is JMC elitist. Fortunately, he answered it no. Uh, but I I um I don't want to sound elitist. But look, if you're worrying about the day to day performance of the market, yep. you probably don't need to be aggressively investing in it. You yep. probably need to have a safe portfolio that's being managed by somebody who knows what they're doing. Yep. Um, you know, and and be careful with your money. Um, because at the end of the day, it's 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 legalized gambling. It's not a whole lot different than, than bet on your favorite football team. Yep. Uh, so, you know, it'd be, be careful. But, uh, you know, for the, for people who are actively in that world right now, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I, I my alarm bells aren't going off. I could be dead wrong. It could, the bottom could fall out tomorrow. But, um, but I, I, I don't feel like it's going to. But, you know, again, don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? I screwed the pooch hard on uh, cruise line stocks, but I know if I hold <laughs> on to them long enough, I think they'll come back Well, eventually. and they've come but back a little bit. They've they have a little, a little bit, bit. But- so. So while we're talking stocks, this brings me to one of the questions I wanted to talk to you about, because in recent quarterly earnings, which would have been August of 2022, Amazon, Google and Meta, parent company of Facebook, Mm -hmm. they all missed expectations and all three of them noted a decline in ad revenue. So ad revenue equals commercial buying. And history does tell us that advertising budgets are often one of the first things to be reduced in a recession Mm -hmm. if we go to recession. So do we take these misses? as a potential early indicator of what could happen in VO? Maybe. Um, I will go back to saying that in previous bear markets and recessions and great recessions, um, I've never seen it shave more than about 10% off the commercial market. Uh, so, and you know, look, you should look at your voiceover career. There are a lot of people out there trying to tell people be a master of one trade and that's it, and that you can't be a jack of all trades and and, and a master of none. Um, I I dis- disagree with that theory. I believe you should be a master of as many trades as you possibly can. Um, not that you should be a dra- jack of all trades, but a master of as many as you can. And your voiceover career is just like your stock portfolio. You need to diversify. If you're in one thing and that's all you're doing, look, the, you know the people who I know who got creamed in voiceover during COVID at the beginning, it was the people doing trailer. It was the people doing promo. It was the people doing animation. It was the people doing anything tied to Hollywood. 
Right. Okay, and for a few months, um, I you know one of the the more uh, prominent um, trailer animation people I know uh, told me that they were down about forty percent in twenty twenty. While Thanks. most people who were in commercial, explainer, e learning, corporate, medical, and you know do a little promo, do a little imaging, do a little whatever, we're having a pretty good year. So keep your portfolio diversified in voiceover, and you protect yourself just like you do in the stock market. Do more than one thing, do it well, book that work, and if you're heavily weighted, if you're making more than 30, 40% of your voiceover income in one genre, you are at risk. That's a good point because one of the things that I was thinking about, like my, in my investment portfolio, I always joke that I hold Tim Horton stock as a you know proud Canadian. <laughs> I hold Tim Horton stock because if the zombie apocalypse hits tomorrow, Canadians will still fill up the drive through lines to get their coffee fix. It's right. like, it's one of my safe bet investments. Is there a voiceover equivalent in the recession? Is there Are there certain genres where you feel like no matter what happens, these genres are probably still going to be okay? They're always going to be commercials. They're always going to be commercials. There may be a, a few less of them. There may be, uh, maybe they'll pay a little bit less. You know, maybe there won't be as many uh, big national campaigns that are spending a fortune per spot, but they're always going to be commercials, which is why I think it never just nosedives. Um, you know, the the narration world, there's always going to be corporate industrial narration. They need it. They have to do it. There's going to be always going to be compliance training. And for the people who are in you know, uh, in other parts of the business, there you there typically is always going to be animation. It's hard. That's a hard world to, to really break into, but that's going to be there. Video games are going to be there unless you know again unless something dramatic happens. And if something dramatic happens, then you know why that's that's one of those black swan things that you can't really predict and and could affect us all in ways we can't expect. So you know, I, I don't know that the um, COVID was such a such a an, again, black swan, unusual, a one in a hundred year pandemic. Okay, hopefully, uh, and it's something that impacted our business in a way that we probably could have predicted in retrospect, but that nobody could have hedged against. Okay, and if you, you know, if you were in the Hollywood world of voiceover, you struggled. If you were doing medical narration, you were giving work away. So, you know, I don't think that there's any genre that's deeply at risk uh, from a market shock, unless it's a market shock that, that the shock that puts society at risk in, in general. Right. And it would have to be something considerably as, as horrible as COVID was and is something considerably worse. I mean, if it's a virus, it's a it's a Captain Trips Ebola, something that that is 30 percent mortality, 50 percent mortality and spreads like wildfire. If it's a war, it's a nuclear war or yep. a heavy chemical war. OK, um, it's aliens. That's what we're talking about. If we don't have those kinds of things, I don't I don't know. I I'm, I feel better about VO being stable than I, I think I ever have at this point i was thinking about video games because to me that was like that's the equivalent of of canadians and their coffee right no matter what right. is going on in the world people are always going to find time to sit at home and play video games <laughs> and so and like you said e-learning like no matter what's going on in the world whether companies are on a hiring spree or they're laying people off there's always going to be certain training modules that are required for them to take right like compliance training workplace health and safety, you know, sexual harassment, mental health exactly. awareness, all this sort of stuff, right? It's always going to be required. You're still going to have to always top up. You know, it's time to renew your 2023 benefits program or whatever. That's right. right? So stuff like that is, <laughs> is always going to happen. If you see a zombie, stay at least 30 feet away at all times. <laughs> Otherwise, bring your baseball bat to the confrontation. I can't wait for those explainer videos to start rolling out on a, <laughs> on a YouTube channel near you. I think what makes things unique this time around 
is because of when it is happening. So summer slowdowns tend to be very real. A lot of voice actors talk about summer slowdowns. People go on vacation, right? Things will have a tendency to slow down. I know that I have seen a significant drop-off in the number of auditions that I'm seeing from some of my agents compared to what I would normally see. I, I recently interviewed Armin, and mm-hmm. we were talking about what's going on on Bidalgo, and he said that this is the first time in 14 years on Bidalgo that he's seen a stagnation of opportunity versus right. you know continued growth. And now I guess that the, what we're trying to figure out is, is this just summer slowdown and, and, and it's kind of coincidence of when it's happening? Or is it an early sign of a recession and things are starting to slow down and maybe we don't know the answer until September or October? I don't think we know the answer. I would speculate um, a little bit that Bodalgo in particular, if they're seeing a little stagnation, um, it might be, and you know I'm I'm the least alarmist person on the face of the earth about this, but it might be a little bit of AI starting to siphon away some of the business on Bodalgo because Bodalgo is so heavily concentrated in e-learning, medical narration, and corporate narration that the lower end work in those genres that's all going to go to AI, okay? I mean, yep. all, all, all the stuff that's $100, sub $100, and probably 20 25% of the stuff that is sub $500 um, will go to AI over time. And I think if you have a site that's heavily weighted on non-broadcast narration, we're starting to maybe see some of that effect. I think five years from now, you're going to be left with ProVOs charging market rates and robots, and there's not going to be a whole lot in between because the robots will have eaten the things that are in between. They're not going to eat the ProVOs charging market rates because many, many, many clients, I, I would go so far as to say a substantial majority of clients will always prefer working with a human and the robots can only be as good as we are. They can't be better. But I think that might be a little bit of what's happening with Bodalgo and you may not see it as much on other sites because other sites have more commercial work and video game work and other genres coming through them. Um, that's just speculation but that that might be a guess. One of the things that we know is that regardless of what happens, whether or not we go into a recession, whether or not the economy slows down, uh, whether or not we see businesses starting to reduce their advertising budgets, no matter what happens, the one thing we do know is that there's still lots of voiceover work out there. We just may have to look in different places for it, which means we have to know how to market. We have to know how to get ourselves out there and let people know that we are available for their jobs and that we can do great work for them. If you are uncomfortable with marketing, let me show you how to do it. VoiceOver Marketing Playbook is coming out September 6th through the 15th, 2022. September 6th through the 15th, 2022. This is the one-stop shop for you. This is going to teach you everything you need to know about finding your own leads, building your own client base, and becoming the consistently working voice actor that you want to be. My flagship marketing program. You want more information on Playbook, please check out the website at voiceovermarketingplaybook.com. That's voiceovermarketingplaybook.com. Again, Playbook available September 6th through the 15th, 2022. Now, back to our show. So there are a lot of macroeconomic factors that are going on right now. We've talked about a few of them, right? You mentioned Russia's continued invasion of Ukraine, record high inflation, interest rates are going through the roof, which is having a big impact in housing. There's obviously energy crisis fears going on in Europe right now. There's a lot of things that are totally out of our control 
as a voice actor, things that we can't do anything about on the economy front. And, and does recession happen or not happen? There's very little we can do at this point. You mentioned diversification, having the ability mm-hmm. to do more than one genre so that you're kind of spread out. If one has a little bit of a dip, maybe another one picks up or something. Is there anything else that we can be doing to prepare or protect our business as we go through the next couple quarters and see what actually does unfold with the economy? Well, I think that, you know, I'll answer that in two parts, protect business and also just protect yourself financially. Um, To protect your business, don't start dramatically compromising on your rates. But if you get something that's on the margin, eh, maybe do it, okay? Um, Maybe take 10% less than you might have, not on clients that you've already got, not on stuff that you're necessarily actively bidding on, but if you have somebody come in the door and your rate's, you know, 400 and they're at 325, maybe just, just, okay, we can can work with that. If it's 150, walk away, okay? Um, But maybe start to be a little bit more strategic about just padding your nest without dramatically compromising uh, your standards. I think also, you know, uh, being a bit more aggressive about going and chasing work in general. Um, you know, if you're if you're resting on lots of repeat clients, well, in a recession, some of them might go away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's time to go and, and water that tree more and make sure you go out and get some of the, the new blood that's out there. Um, I think, you know, I, I had a conversation just today with a talent who uh, I had worked with and coached 11 years ago, and the guy went out and just crushed it. I mean, he crushed it for five or six years, um, and then he just kind of started to coast on the clients that he had, and now he's back going, well, I'm making about half of what I was four or five years ago, which was a lot more than he was making 11 years ago, but at the same time, uh, he was resting on that client base that he had, and he wasn't watering that tree. He's a great talent. And he'll be back, and he'll be fine. But um, it just goes to show that you need to you need to just constantly bring in new clients because you never know. You know, you don't know what industries all of your clients are in. Okay, so you may have clients in industries where they are particularly hard hit by a downturn or a recession. You might not. If you're not, you might be fine. But but you don't always know that. So bring in new clients, refresh, refresh, refresh that stream of uh, of of revenue, and uh, and I think you'll appreciate the fact that you did. Um, in terms of just protecting yourself financially a little bit, start living below your means if you're not. And if you are, live even a little bit more below your means than you do. Um, you know, for all the stuff Anna and I run around the world doing and playing, uh, one of the lessons I learned the hard way was watching my parents blow all of their money and, you know, live way above their means and uh, to the point where they're not in a great position right now. And it's, it's a little heartbreaking. And so we actually live fairly well beneath our means and we intentionally do that and we make sure we never want to have to have an issue with security. And now at this point, uh, you know, we're, we're blessed to have, uh, you know, an abundant life, but we're also still looking at things and going, mm, yeah, maybe, maybe one lobster instead of two, right? Uh- <laughs> the three pounder instead of the five pounder. That's right. <laughs> you know, in, inflation is often described in one of two ways. So either A, the cost of everything is going up, which is often what we hear from a media standpoint, or B the value of every dollar you spend is going down. That is to mm-hmm. say that a dollar today won't buy what a, you know as much as what a dollar would have bought two years ago or whatever. One way that this is offset is through wage hikes, although those seldom ever seem to keep up with the rate of inflation. Now, you did just touch on rates a little bit, but is this a time when voice actors need to be thinking about increasing rates to keep up with inflation? Or does that come with a risk as businesses experience a little bit of slowdown and might be looking to trim budgets? It's look, it's poker. It's always poker. Okay. So you have to 
use your instincts to suss out your client's tolerance for financial pain. Um, if you believe that they're a ripe target for raising your rates, raise your friggin' rates. Um, my headline rates now when I bid on a job or when I have a client walk through the door and ask me for a quote are really high. Um, and I don't expect to get them. I don't expect to get them every single time because I really do shoot the moon. Um, and I have clients who walk, I have a lot of prospects, I should say, who walk away because of that. But uh, the ones that do choose to pay those rates or that come back and negotiate and we wind up at 60 or 70% of what I quoted, but what I quoted was double or triple what I'd be happy with. Uh, you know, we, we, we wind up building, again, just a, a continuing base of new clients who are paying more and more and more over time. But you have to, you have to really take a, a, a jaundiced and strategic look at what you think they can afford. And if it's a, if it's an enormous company and they're have you doing something relatively high profile, you know, go for it. If it's mom and pop's mattress shop and they're doing a series of local commercials, um, maybe not as much. So be strategic. Um, I do think it's an, it's interesting because you it's a, it's, you're walking a fine line in that, um, I do think there's an element of wanting to perhaps be a little bit more liberal about accepting work in general right now, just to make sure if there is more of a downturn that you're covered. At the same time, everybody, Mark, you made a very salient point, which is everybody's aware of inflation. And I think at this point, there's a little bit of, a, of an inoculation against pushback compared to even six or 12 months ago, where, you know, if you go high, they may just recognize that as a sign of, of, of prices going up. Um, and if they question it, you can simply respond with cost of living and it may be accepted. So uh, again, it's, it's, but every client's different and it's always poker. There does seem to be a little bit of a culture shift that, that is happening where, you know, five or 10 years ago, when you talked about cost of living, everybody's like, yeah, that's your problem. But mm -hmm. now you see more and more, you see companies who are like, we want to take care of our employees. We recognize that inflation is high. And so when you see in the, you know, we'll, we'll call it in the C-suites when some of them are starting to recognize, and I not all of them, but some of them are starting to recognize that, particularly maybe younger CEOs who recognize the importance of keeping employees happy and, and, and making sure that they're keeping up with cost of living and everything. I feel like because that has become more and more of a normal conversation and culture, it does make it a little bit easier to say cost of living increase or, mm -hmm. you know, cost of doing business increase versus even five years ago, if you would have mentioned that. No, I agree. I agree. And I, I think it's certainly a strategy worthy of being deployed. So just so that this episode doesn't paint a completely bleak picture of doom and gloom. <laughs> By the way, I, I have to I have to say this is the most intellectually uh, deep and stimulating podcast I think I've ever. I feel like I'm on CNBC. <laughs> I, t I tell you, I'm watching way too much Kramer lately. <laughs> so a recession is not guaranteed at this point. It's being debated as to whether or not we're there or, or not already. And different countries have got different stances on that. But there have also been some positive economic indications, right? Uh, consumer price index dropped mm -hmm. in July, which was good. So that means we may have hit peak inflation, right? We've seen prices at the pump start to decline, which is a, a positive sign. Uh, the U.S. jobs report, the most recent one, showed some good signals on the employment front. So there, there is a little bit of hope. So I don't want everybody to panic. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I want people to be aware of what could happen. But the flip side of this is I think if you look back in history, you also see 
that there are a lot of incredible opportunities that can come from times of recession, and some of the biggest businesses that exist now have come from times of recession and economic turmoil, which means there are still a lot of potentially great opportunities out there for the voice actor to, to keep their oh, yeah. eyes out for and go and grab, right? Absolutely. It's, you know, look, there has never, ever been more work than there is today in this business. And I think that gets lost a lot of the time because, yeah, there have never been more new people trying to get into this business than there are today. But, you know, I always tell people there are probably 250,000 people in North America calling themselves professional voice actors. But out of those 250,000, it's 10,000 who are making any kind of regular money doing this. And out of those 10,000, it's 1,000 who are booking most of the work. So the, the good news remains that if you're good at this, and if you understand the tech and if you have some business skills, there's more work out there than there is quality talent to do it. And there's more work out there than there ever has been. So the opportunities are still very, very abundant. Um, you just have to go out and find them and work and hustle and, and do the thing, man. There are no secret. I posted this on Karin Guilfrey had a, uh, a Facebook post up yesterday talking about what's your best business advice. And, you know, my little post was there. there is no secret. There is no club. There is no secret handshake. There's no group of Illuminati controlling all of the work and trying to keep you from getting it. There are no yep. gatekeepers standing in your way because they don't think you're good enough. Um, at the end of the day, all this is about is at-bats. The more people who hear you, who are actively interested in hiring a voice actor or could be convinced to be actively interested in hiring a voice actor, the more work you're going to book. And your core function is getting your voice, whether that's in the form of an audition or your demo, in front of buyers or potential buyers as much as you possibly can every single day. It's even more important than doing the actual work when you book it because that's how you sustain your business. Yeah. There you go. Well, I will say another positive economic indicator, as far as I can tell, is uh, your retreats are still selling out and those are amazing <laughs> opportunities. Yeah. Talk to us about the weird little car. What's that? Like, like that's the the craziest graphic. And, and <laughs> what what is going on there? So it's kind of kind of was inspired by when I first met Anna. Anna had a Toyota Yaris that was like I don't know two thousand early two thousands or something. Um, and uh, this car, this car, number one, it drove like a goat. Uh, and it had you when you put the the uh, the stick into drive. It didn't have drive. It had E for engage, like it was being run by Picard. Um, if you <laughs> wanted to park the car, it didn't have park. You put it in neutral and pulled the emergency brake. And the fuel gauge, the the, the showing showing the gas tank was um, empty on top and full on the bottom. It was the weirdest little car I've ever seen in my life. Although I have to give her credit, um, within a couple of days of meeting her, she did beat me. Uh, in a drag race uh, on a Luxembourgish highway against my BMW, and she kind of she kind of smoked me. So um, that's kind like, of embarrassing a little bit. Well, it is, but it's also part of why I fell in love with her. But uh, but it, but in any case, um, so the, as it pertains to voiceover, the weird little car is the idea that uh, in today's marketplace, and this this is a per, uh, something that applies particularly to conversational commercial reads. It can be applied in smaller measure to other other read styles and other genres but it's primarily about conversational commercials. And in today's marketplace, casting directors are going to get 
you know, they might get two or 300 auditions that they listen to sometimes. Um, and they're going to get eight or 10 shiny Toyotas and, and they're not the Yaris's. They're the good ones. Okay. They're the ones that, <laughs> that do, that do what they say on the box that look good, that are reliable, that are functional, that don't have weird things on the, uh, on the, on the stick shift and, uh, and, and are just good cars, uh, overall. But every time the casting director kind of glances over and hears something and goes, what's that weird little car over there? Today, they're looking for things that are a little different, and the weird little cars all go to the buyer, and the weird little cars get hired more than the Toyotas do today. And what I mean by that is um, taking what's on the page and not throwing some wacky two-line ad lib in there that that's going to piss off the writers, but taking what's on the page and doing something with it that most everybody else is not. Whether that's you know stammering or stuttering or double clutching a word or saying you know if if the line is um, you know mom makes great meatballs. And you go, mom, yeah, yeah mom, mom makes great meatballs. That's how we talk in real life. That's yep. human. And most people wouldn't think to do that. Most people are going to read that line and go, mom makes great meatballs. And that might be conversational. That doesn't sound announcery, right? Yep. But if you go, mom, yeah, mom makes great meatballs. That's we're, you hear me talking right now, right? I'm thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm my, my brain is going. I'm stammering. I'm stuttering because I'm a real person and I'm not reading a damn script, right? Um, and that's what the weird little car is. And believe, I will tell you that thing books it books left and right. I'm doing the Pabst campaign right now, and it was the weird little car that booked me that job, and it was the weird little car that they directed me through in the sessions. It's 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 just where it's at. It's the I mean, what what is the second most common word that you see in audition directions next to conversational is authentic. Yeah. Right? And and it's just it's sounding authentic. Well, for me, I was really excited to see when you posted these these one day workshops that you're doing. I mean, that for me was like, OK, maybe we're finally starting to return to life, you know, mm-hmm. getting back to normal again, because JMC is getting back out on the road again and, and doing these <laughs> sessions. Because yeah, it's, been, it's a been a couple of years, right, since you've it's been, been able been, to well, do and this. Well, the, 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 the last one we had scheduled, we had a big workshop tour scheduled, and it was uh, the first one Anna was going to be able to come with me on. And we were just planning to go to Boston and Chicago and New York and uh, L.A. And we were just going to – and Las Vegas. And we were going to just have a great time in hotels and see all of our friends and do the workshops. And it was right – in March of 2020, uh, and, uh, guess late March, early April. And so obviously that got canceled and, uh, you know, yeah, it just hasn't felt, um, it hasn't felt right to do it up until this point. And I don't mean that morally or politically. It just, um, it hasn't felt like the right time, maybe, maybe not respectful. Uh, but I do feel like we're well into a point now where we're all adults. We all know what's going on and people can make their own decisions. And of course we've got vaccines and antivirals and, uh, you know, it's just a different world now. And it's, this yep. is something we're going to be living with for the rest of our lives. We're going to, yep. you know, we've had it at least twice. We might've had it three times. Um, you know, and that's on top of five shots for me and four, three or four for Anna. Uh, you know, so, um, you know, this is something we're probably going to get once a year for the next five or 10 years and hopefully it'll fade away and not turn into anything worse. But, uh, you know, life has to go on and, you know, I know, unfortunately it doesn't go on for everybody who's been affected by this, but, uh, we have to persevere as, as humanity and, and not just, uh, not just hide away for the rest of our lives. It's, it's not a way to live. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I got you here, so I got to ask it. I, I would be missing on, on an opportunity if I didn't. And maybe this is more Anna's department now, but <laughs> any uh, special insights that you can give us into uh, upcoming VO Atlanta? 
Yeah, you know, the, the biggest special insight is it's going to be everything everybody always loved about VO Atlanta. And uh, and then we're going to make some little tweaks and adjustments that hopefully are going to make people love it even more. Um, you know, I, I know people have their opinions about, you know, the good things and the things that they didn't love as much in the past with VO Atlanta. I think that, you know, on the whole, Gerald built something that was uh, an, an incredible um, institution in our industry that has allowed so many people to not just gather and make friends, but to genuinely grow their careers and emerge into into booking forces and experts of their own right. And we want to preserve that legacy, and then we want to build upon it. And so I, th I think the biggest thing that you're going to see is um, more little soft-touch convenience things that make the experience uh, just a, a bit more seamless and less stressful for everybody. Things like getting coffee stations and water stations and maybe some soft drinks and pastries and stuff like that out in the morning for everybody and uh, you know and continuing to have uh, have some the, the, this last one by the way was the I think the best one for for uh, the lunch that was actually really good food um, you know and continuing to do that well and uh, just making it something where uh, where people feel as little stress as possible and I, we just did that with one voice in, in Dallas and uh, I, I was telling you before we got on the call that for for my money that was the least stressful conference nice. I've ever been at um, um, and it was just uh, everybody from from the Brits to uh, you know to the team that they bring over to the presenters to uh, to the work that Anna and I did on it. Um, it just kind of all came together to the and it, and it was just this happy place where everybody was was gelling and uh, and relaxing. And I think Atlanta is, it's going to be a little bit of a bigger scale. I don't think we're going to go back to I think the biggest one was like eight or nine hundred. I don't think we're going back that big, but it's it's going to you know it's going to be a little bigger than one voice. But it's um, it's going to be the soft touch stuff and I, and also little things like you know having a, a no fault um, no 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 uh, no unconditional refund policy up until two weeks before so if you want your money back if you don't want to come we're not going to hold your money hostage we're going to give you your money back and if it's two weeks before or uh, or closer to the date we'll give you a credit for the year after and mm -hmm. you know things like that and we're going to look at the ticket price too and see if we can make that a little bit more affordable because I know hotels are jacking their rates up and everything else so we're going to see what we can do to make it easier for people right on all right, so save the date on that one. That's what March twenty third to twenty sixth of it next is. year, right? And okay. I expect your Canadian butt down there. I am very excited about it. I have been missing conferences. I I burned out on on Zoom conferences in yeah. like by, by like the second one in twenty twenty. I was like, I don't ever want to do another Zoom conference yeah. ever again. And so I I can't wait actually to get back and start doing some of these things in person. So. I mean, voatlanta.me, that's still the website, right? It's still the website, okay. and we've uh, we've got a kind of refreshed page up there now uh, that is teasing uh, what's to come. Um, out, we're going to have the lineup probably rolling out sometime in September, and uh, just kind of out of respect uh, to our relationship with Rudy and Joan, and that's voiceover and, and the Voice Arts Awards, uh, we're not going to launch sales until mid-October or so. Okay. And then, of course, jmcvoiceover.com, I mean... I know that what the next one or the next two year retreats are sold out at this point. So yeah, Switzerland sold out and Holland 2023 is sold out. We're planning uh, Barcelona is definitely going to be on for spring of 2024, and we're kind of debating between Dublin and another venue for 2024 fall. So keep an eye out for those, and then of course now the 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 weird little car. Any spots left on those ones? Or that I one think it? I've got one or two for Atlanta and one for New York. Uh, DC and Sacramento are sold out. Right on. And I'm assuming people can find the information on that stuff on the website. 
Uh, actually, I, I, don't th- I actually don't think I have the tour up on the website. <laughs> you so, didn't need to. You uh, put it up on your Facebook and it sells out so fast. So, you know, just everybody's connected with you on yeah, Facebook Yeah, go to the anyway, Facebook so. or just jmichael at jmcvoiceover.com and we can get you set up. Right on, man. Well, thank you so much for the wisdom that you've had to share. And, and I mean, there's hope in there because I know it's scary when you're looking at your gas bill, your grocery bill, what's happening to your mortgage payment if you're on a variable rate or whatever. There's a lot of things that are stressing people out right now. And the last thing they want to be thinking about is, is this going to impact my ability to earn yeah. income or, or make a living from what I am doing? And and so it's nice to know that there's uh, there's still some some positive trends out there. And, uh, you know, I mean, time will tell, right? But it seems like maybe we're going to get out of this okay. I think we'll be all right. Right on. Thank you Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on, Mark. I think there's a lot of good strategies in here, and I'm grateful to Jay Michael for sharing them. I mean, we know that we need to diversify, but we also know that we need to never stop marketing. Always be putting yourself out there. Always be looking for the next great lead. Always be trying to establish another relationship. Always be looking for another audition. Don't stop putting yourself out there, regardless of what you hear in the news, regardless of what doom and gloom they're putting out there and the fear that they're trying to make you feel. If you stay on top of your business, your business is going to be okay no matter what happens. And it's also nice to get that little sneak preview of VO Atlanta. I am so excited about getting back to VO Atlanta. Have you enjoyed the podcast? Have you learned anything from the podcast? Is it making you feel a little bit better about what is going on in the world right now and maybe giving you a little bit more confidence about heading into a recession? If you have enjoyed this podcast, would you do me a favor? Would you share it on your Instagram stories? And please make sure to tag me and to tag J. Michael as well. Uh, You can tag me at at Mark Scott and JMC Demos. At Mark Scott and at JMC Demos. And uh, let us know that you're listening, that you're learning, and that you are enjoying. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one. The Everyday VOpreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. Having your voiceover demos easily playable and downloadable on your website is essential. The VoiceAmp player lets you do that across any device and browser. There are also options for adding play buttons in your email signature, tracking your listens, and even putting videos in your demo player. Sign up now at voiceam.com slash markscott and receive an instant $25 credit. For full details and to claim this offer, visit voicesam.com slash markscott. And see. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more Vopreneur goodness? Jump online at vopreneur.com.